Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Hey, Pastor George's going to come and preach. He always brings something fresh. Let's be upstanding. Give him a big, big welcome as he comes. Everything's fresh, but it's clothes are vintage. Awesome. Everyone, you can take your seats. So good to have you here in church tonight. Who's ready to get their mask off in church? Come on, we've got just this weekend. And I feel like um, if I get too excited in worship, I nearly swallow my mask. Does anyone else have that problem? It stays next week? Sorry, everyone. I got that wrong. It's still going to be awesome. Hey, um. I'm going to preach tonight on hurdles to kingdom purpose. We're going to talk about hurdles to kingdom purpose. We've got some hurdles on the stage. And uh, right at the end, Pastor Izzy is going to do them. And it's going to be powerful. But let's pray before we, before we get into the Word of God. So why don't you just pray with me, everybody. And uh, let's believe for God to speak to us tonight. Father, we thank you so much that we can be in church tonight. And Lord, we just know whenever we gather to hear from you, Lord, you speak. So God, we just ask you tonight, speak to each person, whether it's someone's first time tonight, Lord, or they've been here for years. I just pray, would you speak to them? Would you speak to their heart, encourage them, lift them up, Father, help them to see their life with faith. And I just pray, God, may we all know that we are in miracle territory, Lord, that where you are, Father, you're with us. You can do supernatural things. So just pray for each person tonight. May we invite you afresh into our lives, into our season, into our circumstance. And we just ask more than anything, God, that tonight you'd be glorified and that people would connect with you in Jesus' name. And everybody wearing a mask said, Amen. Amen. Let's thank the worship team, everybody. Thank you, guys. All right. Hey, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and it's going to come up on the screen for us to read as well. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize." Um, You know, the Apostle Paul in the Bible, when he was at the end of his life, he referred to his life in, in the same way, like a race. He said, I have fought the good fight and I have finished the race. 
the Bible right there, everybody, telling us that life is like a race. There's a prize, there's a reward, it requires training. There is a finish, and I want to encourage everybody tonight, there is a lane marked out just for you. God has not made you by accident. You are where you are on the planet and at this time because God wanted you to be, because he has something great for you to do with your life, something for you to do that will glorify God, that will greatly help and serve others, something to leave a legacy. In church, we've been talking about kingdom purpose, how each of us has a purpose and a calling both in church, in God's house, and also out in the community. Great questions to ask yourself is, am I running with God? Am I running for God? Am I running the race marked out for me? Am I living in the purpose that God has for me? Am I in church with purpose? And am I in the community with purpose? Winning a race, everybody, requires focus, discipline, and training. And I know this because I asked somebody who won one. And I want to liken it today to a hurdles race because in life and in faith, you would know this, there are a lot of hurdles to overcome. We're, we're running and then we encounter something which is hard to get over. We're running and we encounter something that stops us or slows us down. And just to get us in the zone, I want to show us two quick videos. And the first one is half funny, but half epic. And so let, let's check this out. Sorry, wrong one, guys. We'll do the other one. This is the one. Okay, so that's a pretty good example of what not to do. Let's have another look. Let's watch the same video. Watch the second guy from the left. Other video, sorry guys. Here we go. Second from the left. Okay, we'll stop it there, we'll stop it there. All right, be encouraged by this. Don't do life like that guy. What he is doing there, he's essentially ignoring the hurdles and just running straight through them, um, which then causes him to fall over into someone else's lane. He then tries to jump over someone else's hurdle and flips that over, makes the other guy trip up, and he ends the race in a big heap. Um, unfortunately, there's been seasons in my life where I've felt like that man. I've felt like there's hurdles in my way and I'm ignoring them and I'm just carry on in, carrying on in life, just trying to press on. And before you know it, I'm in someone else's lane doing something someone else is, is, is called to do and I've made a huge mess. I start affecting other people in a negative way. Let's have a look at how it should be. This is the world record. Set. So, 
so good. All right, everybody, imagine yourself conquering the hurdles of life like that man conquered those hurdles. I want to encourage you, don't be like the first video. Be inspired and encouraged tonight to be like the second video, even though you didn't need me to tell you that. Here's what I do want to encourage you with is this, is that hurdles in life and in faith can be overcome. Do you believe it? Hurdles in in life and in faith can be overcome with faith, with awareness and with the right effort and willingness. And specifically tonight, I want to talk about hurdles to kingdom purpose, doing what God has placed you on the planet to do, being in your calling in God's house and being in your calling out in the community. And I, had, I want to talk about three hurdles tonight, and they're all connected, and they're almost all the same problem, and, and they certainly apply to people at the beginning of the race or those seeking to begin a journey with Jesus, and they also definitely apply to people who have been following Jesus for a long time amid race, but are, are encountering hurdles which are stopping or slowing them down. Some people here tonight, you began following Jesus long ago, but you're still not moving forward in His purpose because there's hurdles you're struggling to get over. Some of you in your heart, you know that you need to take a step towards God. You're not a, you don't identify as a Christian yet. You know that's in your heart to take that step, but you haven't yet because there are some hurdles that you're struggling to get over. As a new parent, I'm very familiar with the powerful book, We're Going on a Bear Hunt. And as that book so powerfully paints, that if you, if you can't go over it and you can't go under it, you've got to go through it. But I would say this about the hurdles of life is that if you don't get over some of these things, you will come under it. And God has not called us to be under things as the people of God. We're called to be over things. And so I hope that tonight for the next 20 minutes or so that this message helps you get out from under those hurdles and gets you over them so that you can press on into the race that God's called you to run because there is a great prize at the end for you and a lane marked out just for you and God is cheering you on. Okay, hurdle number one. Who wants to know which, which, which is hurdle number one? All right, the wonky one. That is hurdle number one. It is the hurdle of pride. The hurdle of pride. You know, each person on the planet has had salvation made available to them. What does that mean? A a relationship with God is available to them. The washing away of their sins is available to them. Eternal life has been made available to each and every person because of the free gift that Jesus Christ has made available by dying on the cross. And the Bible simply says that if we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again for the forgiveness of my sins so that I could be in heaven for eternity, if I would believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that I would be saved. Now, I would imagine that if that's presented to most people, they'd go, that sounds flippin' awesome, I'm in. If all I have to do is believe and confess, I've got nothing to lose and I am in. However, beginning that journey starts with a hurdle and the first hurdle is pride. Some won't receive salvation because they can't get over their pride. Some of us begin the journey but can't go any further because we won't get over our pride. 
There's great purpose ahead for you in God's house, but some of us won't experience it because we can't get over the hurdle of pride. Some of us have an incredible purpose, which is outside the church doors, but we're not experiencing it because we can't get over the hurdle of pride. Pride is this in the dictionary, a feeling of pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements, qualities, or possessions. And I want to encourage everybody that we need to get our true pleasure, our satisfaction, and our value from God, not ascribing value to ourselves by things that we do say or have. Here's what pride says. Pride says, my way is the best. It's my life. I'm going to do it my way. So when Jesus presents another way, we reject it because we think ours is better. Pride says, I deserve this. I don't need anyone. I can figure this out on my own. Don't tell me what to do. I'm better. All the errs, stronger, richer, prettier, faster. Here's what the Bible says about pride. Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 3 verse 34, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. James 4 6, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. The scripture's so nice, it's in there thrice. 1 Peter 5 verse 5, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Matthew 23 verse 12 says this, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And Psalms 10 verse 4, In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Why is pride such a big hurdle to receive salvation? It's because pride says that I don't need saving. I don't need help. But here's the powerful thing is that salvation, so a relationship with God, eternity in heaven, a transformed life, it comes at the acknowledgement of your own sin. And it comes at at the acknowledgement of the part you can't play in your own salvation. It's a point where you put complete dependence on God. You see pride everywhere, but you definitely see pride in religion. And if you're new here, you're probably confused because you're like, I'm in a church, you're a pastor, that is religious. But when I say religion, I mean when you're doing the right things to achieve a certain status with God. That's religion. I've earned my way into a certain place with God. And there's religions all over the, over the earth where people will not eat food for months and months and months to be holier than somebody else. I recently saw someone on Facebook, and in my opinion, I think he's oppressed by something because he's held his hand in the air for 30 years. His arm's dead now. He can't use it. The man's miserable, but he's doing it to try and get closer to God. If he achieves that, let's say hypothetically that the God he's doing that for was real when they're not, if he does that, the glory goes back to that man. He's actually doing it with some pride at the core. The man's broken and he needs help. But many of these religions around the world are about, what can I do to connect with God? So by the time you connect with God, you say, good job me, you've done it. Where why that's a problem with Christianity is because we say, to reach God, you can't do anything. Jesus has done it for you. All you need to do is receive. The misconception is that Christians think they're better than everybody else, but it's actually the opposite. I'm a Christian and I'm acknowledging I'm cooked. 
from the inside out, I'm a broken human being. I cannot be holy on my own. I cannot do the right thing on my own. I can't pursue God on my own. I'm acknowledging I need help. That is the stance of a Christian. If you meet a Christian that's like, I've done it, I've achieved it, I've holy, they're not a Christian. There's something else. It's self-sufficiency. I love this quote. It says, pride is seeing life as a playground for yourself instead of a battleground for the kingdom. This is for the Christians. In the context of what I'm talking about, it's about seeing a racetrack as a place to dance instead of a place to run. Are you treating life like a, pr- a playground for yourself, to have fun, to gather things, to enjoy yourself? Or are you here to serve God, to glorify God, to, to go after God with everything you have? If it means laying aside things in your life, you're saying, I'm not here just to have fun and make it about me. I'm here to serve God. Are you dancing on the racetrack or are you running for Jesus, focused on God, focused on your calling and focused on others? Dr. Harold Sala, he's awesome. He wrote this. He said, a barrier which has to come down for you to know the heart of God is to overcome your preoccupation with yourself. Long ago, God said, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And that promise is valid today. But when we're only seeking handouts from God, thinking that he is a divine office boy to do our bidding on command, our focus is need-centered, not God-centered. To know the heart of God means that you must focus upon Him, get to know Him, strive to see life from His perspective and understand how different is His view of our lives and our problems. Here it is, to know the heart of God demands changing our focus from self to the divine. That's our first hurdle. It's a hard hurdle to get over when you're first starting that journey with God and it's a difficult hurdle when you're already in the race with God. Can I encourage you, work to get over the hurdle of pride. Number two, the hurdle of surrender. The hurdle of surrender. In a relationship with God, when you begin that relationship with Jesus Christ, you gain everything, but it does cost you. Being a Christian is a sacrificial life. Luke chapter nine, verse 23 puts it this way. It's Jesus speaking. He then said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Romans 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Everybody, God saves you and then He calls you into this incredible life of service to Him, His house and to people. It's an incredible life of service. We have a calling in God's house and a calling out. And here's what I often see today is we see um, Sizzler Christians. We got any Sizzler fans in the house? Man, a Sizzler was awesome. Rest in peace. I often think about the cheese toast late at night, just tossing and turning. But when you go to Sizzler, Sizzler is, is like, man, I'm going in there, I'm getting a plate, I'm going up, back and forth, filling my plate, all you can eat. I, I think it was like 70 bucks. I'm getting my 70 bucks. It was very expensive. I'm getting my money's worth. 
I'm going up, back and forth, feeding myself non-stop. It's all about me and my needs and my stomach and my hunger and getting what I paid for. And some Christians are like that, where Christianity is about me going up to the buffet, getting something and coming back and eating it. When actually God calls us to be more like Uber Eats, where we're the driver, where we're bringing someone else food. I need to encourage some Christians here tonight. You need to make the shift from being a sizzler Christian to being an Uber Eats driver Christian. Where you are running around, I've seen these Uber Eats guys, they're legends. You're running around like a headless chook, here, there and everywhere, racing around, working hard, working up a sweat, bringing other people food. That looks more like a Christian than the person at Sizzler with 18 bits of cheese toast. So here's what God wants from us. And this is why it's the hurdle. We've got pride as a hurdle. We've got surrender as a hurdle because God wants us to surrender our plate, our pride, our desires, our sin, and live a surrendered life where it is no longer about me. It is about serving God and the kingdom. Man, what a hurdle to get over. Man, if you, if you thought that Christianity was all about yourself, you might be disappointed to find out it's actually not. It's all about you from Jesus Christ in saving you. And then from that place, it's all about everybody else. Mark 10 verse 17, this is a great story of the rich young ruler. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Great question. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. This guy's doing pretty good. (laughs) Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Then Peter spoke up, we have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. So the message that Jesus brings this rich man of sell everything, then come and follow me, that's not a message for everybody. God is not saying that to to everybody tonight, hey, go and sell everything and, and follow Jesus. Jesus was getting to the unsurrendered part of this man's heart. Money was the thing in his life. And I I think I love the man's honesty in it that Jesus says that to him and then his face falls because that was tough for him. The thought of having to surrender all of his money to follow Jesus was a big, a big thing. The part of his life that was unsurrendered. But I want to ask you tonight, what part of your life is unsurrendered? 
If you feel like you've stopped or you've slowed down in your, in your walk with Jesus, perhaps it's because you've hit the hurdle of surrender. And it's time to give to Jesus that thing that you've not surrendered to Him before. It can be unsurrendered behaviors, things that you've not brought to Him yet, things that you just can't kick in your life. Because God is calling us to holiness and away from sin. And it requires surrender. We just got to say, God, I give it to you. All right, the third hurdle is the hurdle of unbelief. The hurdle of unbelief. I just don't believe in God. I don't believe, this isn't me, I'm doing a hypothetical person. (laughs) Don't take this clip and, you know. Someone might say, I just don't believe in Jesus, that he lived, died and rose again. I don't believe that he is the son of God. And therefore, why would I want to make everything I do about something I don't believe? This certainly sounds super relevant for people that aren't Christians, but I would also challenge Christians here. Sometimes we have seasons in our life where the reason we've stopped moving is we've actually stopped believing. Because if you have the right view of God, you will be working flipping hard (laughs) to overcome and to fight and to go hard. This is relevant to Christians because many of, us, many of us will experience seasons where we're wrestling with unbelief. And it's a weird question, but I want to ask you tonight, do you want to believe? Do you want to believe in God? Do you want to believe in Jesus Christ? Because it is God who reveals that truth to us. It is God that opened my eyes when I opened my heart In Mark chapter 9, there's a story of a father who has a son possessed by a spirit. And and I love this in the Word of God. This is the man speaking. If you can do anything for my son, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus' response, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. And I love this man's response. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe Help me overcome my unbelief. This man was believing to overcome unbelief in the supernatural power of Jesus. And we have seasons in our life too where it's the best prayer to pray, to say, Jesus, I want to believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. What a great thing to say. God, help me overcome my unbelief. But what does that take? It takes surrendering and it takes surrendering your pride. God, open my eyes because I can't see on my own. Lord, help me see because I'm not seeing it without you. God, would you reveal to me who you are because I can't see it on my own. I let go of what I think now so that I can know what you're about to reveal to me. All of those statements only come from someone who's got a soft, open heart who is working to overcome the hurdles of pride and surrender. Do you have a desire to believe in the truth? I watched a documentary about the Flat Earth Society. It was hectic. I was praying for people nonstop during watching it. I was like, God, speak to that man, help that man. And uh, there's this crazy bit at the end where a group of Flat Earth um, people get together and they invest like $30,000 to buy this piece of equipment which will shoot a laser so far that they'll be able to see if the Earth curves um, by if it hits a target or not. And so it's a massive investment to do this project, and they do the project, and the results come back that the earth's curved. (laughs) Then they do this other thing where they buy this 
piece of equipment which has to go into like a, a chamber that has no um, magnetic force affecting it. And in that chamber, it'll get a reading on whether the earth's curved. So it can only happen in one place. And there's a couple of these things that exist and they invest to do it. They do the test. The results come back. The earth's curved. Anyway. Yeah. So then they change the theory. Anyway. Here's the crazy thing. The last interview in this documentary, they interview one of the guys who heads up the flat earth community. And the, and the documentary maker said, if we found like undeniable factual evidence, if we flew you up into space and got you out so far that you could see it was a sphere, would you still change your mind? And he said, no, I wouldn't. And he said, I have too much invested in this community. I love what we do. I love what we stand for. And I thought, hold on, this isn't about the truth anymore. This guy didn't even actually have a desire to really find out the truth because he found it out twice, but he doubled down. He doubled down. You know, that guy, he didn't actually want to know. There are many people around the, around the world who have the opportunity to hear about Jesus, about God, about heaven and hell, eternity and salvation, but they don't want to know because they don't have the desire to believe. It's an issue. It's a hurdle of unbelief. If truth does come to you, are you even willing to let go of what you have in order to step into truth? Because sometimes it's comfortable to stay in deception and it's uncomfortable to let go and go over the hurdle of unbelief and say, God, would you help me in my unbelief? I hear a lot of people say, and I've said this, it doesn't make complete sense in my head about God, the universe and Jesus. But here's the thing, it won't until God reveals it to you. And the Bible speaks to this, is that the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. God used the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. That it is God who reveals to us himself. And it's then that we get a revelation of who God is. And it's like the penny drops and we step into truth. In beginning a journey with Jesus, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Sometimes the hurdle in unbelief is that people say, I just can't feel God. I've never experienced God. I've never felt God. I can't see Him. But I think about the scripture that's so nice that was in there thrice where it says that God actually resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Matthew 7 verse 7 says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Why is that so important? It's because pride doesn't seek. Pride doesn't knock. Pride doesn't ask. Pride will feed your unbelief. Pride will feed your unbelief to where you say, I don't actually have a desire to believe because what I have right now, what I know right now is good enough. Can I encourage you tonight? Take a big step. And just in exploration, you have nothing to lose. Over, I'm not going to do it over it because I don't know if my jeans will hang in there. Overcome the hurdle of pride. Say, look, I'm admitting tonight I don't know everything. I need something. If I want to be in eternity, if I want to be in heaven, if I want to have a transformed life and be freed of my sin, I can't do it on my own. I'm acknowledging tonight that connecting with God, I can't do it. So I'm going to try and lay my pride aside and then, Lord, I'm going to try and overcome the hurdle of surrender and surrender every part of my life to you. 
so that I can actually live the way that you wanted me to. Sometimes we cross the first one, but we stay in unsurrender. And because we're stuck at a hurdle, we're disillusioned with the Christian walk. And many of us today, or not, I'm not speaking about myself, but many people today are frustrated in their Christianity, wondering why they're not going forward. And it's just because they haven't surrendered yet. I want to encourage you, surrender everything, give it to God. And then the last one, the hurdle of unbelief. Just say tonight in humility, in surrender to you not knowing, saying, God, would you help me with my unbelief? I'm not even asking you to believe everything tonight. I'm asking you to want to believe and to pray that prayer of God. If you are real, I want to know you. God, I'm opening up my heart. I'm saying that, Father, I know the answers outside of myself. I know the authority of the universe is outside of myself. So God, would you come into my life? Would you speak to me? Psalms 10 verse 4, I read it before. It says, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. I'm asking you tonight, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't identify as a Christian, if you wouldn't say that you're following Jesus, I want to encourage you, make room for God in your heart right now. And as you soften your heart, I believe He'll reveal Himself to you. It's taking that step of faith. And that's why Christianity is called a faith because it requires a whole heck of a lot of it. And in the area of surrender, I want to encourage you tonight. God won't share the throne. It's about surrendering everything and saying, God, I'm going to give you a chance as number one in my life. Tonight, I want to encourage everybody, young person, older person, it's your first time in church. If you've been here for many years, tonight ask God in humility, help me overcome my pride. Help me to surrender and help me overcome my unbelief. You know, I'm, I'm a pastor and I've not been pastoring for long, but this is a great prayer for me to pray every day. Lord, help me overcome my pride. Help me to surrender and Lord, help me in my unbelief. And you know, as unfaithful as I can be to the things of God, God is not like that. God is incredibly faithful to me. Even when I'm struggling with the hurdles, even when I'm like that guy and I'm ignoring the hurdles, I'm snapping them in half, crossing into other people's lanes. God is faithful. God is with you. And through God's Word, He wants to empower you and equip you to be like that world record dude, just floating over, fighting it. But everybody, it starts with opening up your heart. It starts with saying, Lord, help me with my pride. Help me with my unbelief. I want to surrender to you, Zerani. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.